it's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K phone number. Uh, liberals eating their own. You gotta love it. And uh, right now, it's happening in the Democrat Party with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They're a little upset with each other. Uh, these two good friends for the last twenty years. So, who do you believe in this little affair? Uh, this is fascinating. I mean, are you in? First of all, is it? It's debate mania. Are you? Are you excited for tonight? Oh man, am I? Am I ever excited? Riveted for the six-person debate. Can't wait. I'm really interested to just see. I'm just fascinated by Tom Steyer, who's such an electric character, <laughs> isn't he? Though. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he is. He's so exciting mm-hmm. yeah. and so. It's on fire. He really is. And that's what I'm excited for tonight. But he's in there. And, of course, Warren and, and Biden and, and Sanders are the, the main attractions. This Bernie versus Warren thing that's developed over the past couple of days is fascinating to me. Now, this is mm-hmm. these are two people who have been friends for 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Close allies and pretty much everything they work on. And they had a truce aligned at the beginning of this campaign, which is pretty mm-hmm. shady to me, right? I mean, you go into a, an election basically saying... We're not going to attack each other. We're both these socialists, obviously. In the private meeting, they were saying that they were socialists. In public, Elizabeth Warren denies this, but we all know it to be true. And so they are going to stay aligned and work through the campaign together. Now, everyone knows this has to dissolve at some point, right? Like you can't, they can't be allies and just go in and and they can't be co-victors for the Democratic nomination. One of them actually has to win, and you kind of assume as eventually it gets to a point where they're at least critical of each other, which hasn't really happened all that much. So this starts the other day where Warren gets word of Bernie Sanders' underlings using a series of talking points about Warren's uh, appeal to the elite. She says she's a candidate of the elite, unlike Bernie Sanders. Now, of course, there's some backing to that. I mean, she worked in the high-level finance, and the, she's not exactly as pure a socialist as our, our friend Bernie. And this is apparently now in the United States of America is a bad thing. <laughs> like, what, yes. The more- <laughs> it's, the worst, it's the worst accusation you, you can level yeah. at a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and so the, Warren is very upset about this and comes out publicly and is saying, I'm very disappointed in Bernie for trashing me in public. Now, Bernie didn't trash her in public. His underlings did, and if we hold Bernie Sanders responsible for everything his underlings did, then you'd be talking about how he's responsible for attempted mass murder of all Republicans in the Congress. That's just unfair. You can't hold the Sanders campaign responsible for every little talking point they put out or every attempted mass murder. Those things are unfair, so you can't do that, and it's a little bit ridiculous, right? But they're looking for a way to separate from each other. You know, Warren is looking for a way to differentiate. She's the one on the losing side of this at the most key moment, so she's the one who's the aggressor here. So after this happens, mysteriously, a report gets leaked uh, to CNN, which says at a private dinner in 2018, Bernie Sanders said he didn't believe a woman could win against Donald Trump, did not believe a female candidate could win the presidency. Uh, because I guess Donald Trump's so mean and evil and, and therefore would use sexism and drive a wedge and, and, and be able to defeat any, any woman. This comes out, and Bernie Sanders, of course, immediately denies it. You look at that, and to me, I think, is it possible he said something in that 
realm. Like, you know, I, there's no way Bernie Sanders is like, by the way, no woman could ever be president. And there's, that's not what he said. That's how it's being portrayed. It's not, I can't imagine he said that. He probably said something to the effect of, you know, all those Republican, all those racists in, and sexists in Pennsylvania and Michigan, they're just not going to go for a woman because they're bad people and we're great progressives. And, you know, this is a strain of thought on the Democratic side. It's why Biden does very well. The idea is that, you know, all, all these these blue collar people can't handle women and people of color. So they're, they, we got to run a white guy. That's a strain of thought that's pretty straight through the Republican Party or excuse me, the Democratic Party. And it's also what fueled the initial birtherism. It's what the the initial memo from the Clinton campaign about birtherism was about. It basically said they're going to everyone's going to see Barack Obama as this other this this person, this foreigner. And we need to stand up on our side and make sure everyone believes that because Hillary Clinton is apple pie America. So then uh, after Bernie denies this claim, Warren comes out yesterday and confirms it. So 100% clear that Elizabeth Warren was the one who leaked it, their campaign. Mm -hmm. And now she comes out and actually confirms it saying uh, that uh, I thought a woman could win. He disagreed. Is the way she said it. But we're still friends, and of course we work together, and I, I don't want to get caught up in any of this. Well, you shouldn't have leaked it then and then confirmed it on the record, right? You could have easily, if you have a friend of 20 years, denied that he said it or denied he said it in that context, right? And so I totally, I believe Sanders may have said something. I don't believe it's how Warren is portraying it. But the big takeaway for me here is th this whole story shows you what a terrible person Elizabeth Warren is. This is a person who you've been aligned with, Bernie Sanders, who you've been friends and close associates for 20 years. And now you're coming out on record and saying he's essentially a sexist three weeks before the election. Yeah, but her point is he started it by calling right. me an elitist. Yeah, right. <laughs> which, so. which, again, he uh. hasn't done. Is Sanders guilty of, of, of these under, you know, these weird campaign tactics? Under the, I think he is. And probably is trying, but like elitist is something a little bit different than he doesn't believe women are capable of doing these jobs, right? Like essentially, mm -hmm. you don't think a woman could win? I mean, that is an absolute sexist allegation. And Warren takes out of a private conversation, leaks it to the media, and then defends it on record. Hard to imagine there being a more underhanded tactic. And it just shows, I mean, every one of these, these candidates, they're just awful. So bad. They're awful. But this is a particularly bad one from Elizabeth Warren. I mean, she's, she's, she's trashing her buddy. You know, <laughs> what happened to comrades? They're supposed to be tight comrades working together for the future <laughs> victory of the Soviet Republic. And look, look at all of this. It's, it's sad. It is sad. It is. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Uh more coming up in sixty seconds. This is the Glenbeck program. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenbeck program. Uh big debate tonight. And um we lost. Uh we lost an important cog in this wheel. Um <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, these racist Democrats that have ignored yet another minority candidate that they could have voted for. What a bunch of racists. Uh, Cory Booker is out. Only explanation. Him, right? Only explanation is that these are racists who don't want a black person 
uh, to be president of the United States again. Well, let's just look at the, the, the evidence. Maybe you're, you're not thinking about this right. I mean, you got Joe Biden, white. White. Bernie Sanders, white. white. Pete Buttigieg, white. white. Elizabeth Warren, white. Well, white and Native American. Probably whiter than any other American uh, on this continent. Yes. Actually. Yes. <laughs> I think you might be right on that. Um, yes. Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> white. Michael Bloomberg, white. white. Uh, Tom Steyer, white. white. Andrew Yang, there's your person of color left in the race at this point. But he's not in the debate tonight. Not in the debate tonight. Uh, Michael Bennett, white. Uh, and then you have John Delaney, who's still in the race, white. white. And I guess you have to count, you have to go to Deval Patrick now to find an African-American oh, okay. candidate. Okay, who, that's right. There is one there left. There is one left who launched like seven minutes ago and <laughs> has, has never had 1% in any poll, I don't believe. And then you do have Tulsi Gabbard, I guess, who's a POC, but also um, uh, a, a person of color who has been trashed by the Democrats the entire time. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's been enemy number one in the race. So basically, they have, uh, they have three minority candidates left, uh, and one of them has never even ranked in a poll, and the other two are the ones that the Democratic Party has overlooked consistently since the beginning. I mean, Andrew Yang... Mm-hmm has outpolled a lot of these candidates and never gets any attention. He's out-fundraised a lot of these candidates and never gets any attention. Yeah. Tulsi Gabbard has outpolled a lot of these candidates doesn't get any attention. And they dismiss them completely. And then Deval Patrick has never had any attention at all. I don't know that I've even heard anybody on CNN mention his name. No. Maybe I'm they, on his they, announcement day. Yeah, maybe. Then, and that, uh, not since, though. Deval Patrick, I've completely forgotten he was even in the race. Yeah, he's not doing anything. He's, there's a there's an article about Michael Bennett in a local Colorado media that said, "Is Michael Bennett still running for president?" <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that to be the headline no, three weeks ahead of Iowa. And what was the answer to that? Uh, is it- undetermined. Okay. Uh, we don't know. I guess he is. He's huh. still staying in there. And I don't understand this, Patty. <laughs> You're Cory Booker, okay? Cory mm-hmm. Booker is a, a relatively well-known national figure, okay? He's in the race. He's not doing anything. He's been a giant zilch since day one. Yep. I mean, never made an impact, despite constant praise from the media. Every one of his debate performances was the greatest debate performance of all time. And he hasn't made a dent in this race. However, you've gone through all of this time. You're three weeks ahead of the vote in Iowa. Three weeks. Why on earth are you dropping out of the race now? Why not sit back and say, look, maybe let's just say Joe Biden flames out. Let's say Mm -hmm. we got this news yesterday that apparently Burisma was hacked. Okay, so let's say emails leak and it shows Joe Biden, you know, sending selfies to the head of Burisma (laughs) to bribe him to give his son more money. I don't know what's going to come out of it. If that happens, that would be fun, though. It would be fun. I don't want to see the pictures, but it would be a fun scandal. If Biden, let's just say, drops out. He, f- he completely dissolves. He makes some huge error and drops out three weeks before the race. Where do those votes go? I mean, they probably go to Buttigieg or Klobuchar. But if you're Booker, why wouldn't you want to be in the conversation for those votes? Who knows? You're yeah. already all the way here. I don't understand. Unless you have zero dollars left. Yeah, but. Unless you just can't go another moment and, to, and you can't pay for it. Uh, I don't know. And I understand that from someone who's like, let's say John Delaney. Right, yeah. who, who yeah. can't do anything. Cory Booker is a U.S. senator. Cory Booker is on TV all the time. You run the mm-hmm. campaign with no field offices and no knocking on doors. You just go on television 900 times and talk about whatever you can and hope. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it is a strange time to drop out. It's a strange time. The only reason you do it, I think, is if you have some sort of arrangement with one of the candidates or a belief that maybe you're going to be a future VP. And that is the talk about Booker because he's so nondescript. There's no one who's, he has no base. He's not the type of person who's going to overshine or outshine the the lead candidate. So does a Joe Biden say, hey, you can be my VP? Does a, you know, a Bloomberg or, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe a Buttigieg. I don't know who would who else would pick. I don't think a, a Sanders or a Warren. Maybe Warren would. Maybe Might be Warren. smart for Buttigieg since he's got no support. Yeah, exactly. That's a great in, point. In uh, minority communities. <laughs> no. <laughs> Might be a good move for him. I, maybe. I mean, this, there was a poll that came out the other day that was... <clears throat> I mean, we, you you made uh, the point of the racist Democrats who will not support their minor, minority candidates, mm-hmm. and let's. It might not be true. That might not be the reason. However, I will I'm say sure it is. there's a lot of. <laughs> if it was a Republican, if the Republicans, that would be the reason. It completely. would be the reason completely, right? Yeah. Listen to this poll. This is uh. This just came out the other day, um, and it's pretty pretty fascinating. Talking to African American uh, voters. Uh, what would you be comfortable with supporting? Uh, for example, um, you know, a, a person younger than the age of 40. Okay, P- Pete Buttigieg, younger than 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, 63% say they'd be uh, comfortable with supporting or enthusiastic about supporting. And uh, there's 25% that said, I'll have some reservations. And only 8% would be very uncomfortable supporting someone under 40. Another characteristic of Pete Buttigieg is that he's gay. How does that play with African-American voters? Well, um, instead of 8% who are very uncomfortable, it's 21%. I mean, basically, a fifth of all black voters are very uncomfortable supporting a gay man for president. That is a gigantic number, bigger than any other number of all the questions that they asked, including uh, the second place was a billionaire, by the way. <laughs> that was the second one. Uh, but a white man, a white woman, uh, under than four, younger than 40, older than 70, they don't have any reservations. The reservations are if they are gay. And another 20% wow. have reservations. So 41% of black voters are uncomfortable voting for a gay uh, candidate. That is not a minor uh, that's deal. That's amazing. Wow. That's a big deal if you're Pete Buttigieg. How you yeah. overcome that, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that is that seems to be something that if it was if you found that 41 percent of Republican voters um, were on that, we and I'm sure we will hear that there, you know, there's some poll that shows that. And it's like that will be a big deal if Buttigieg is the nominee. Uh, so far, it hasn't had a lot of press, but I don't know how Buttigieg gets over that hump. It's hard to win the Democratic nomination without support from black voters. Uh, yeah. Maybe that changes, but he's got an wow. uphill road there. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More coming up in 60 seconds. Wow. Uh, so, you know, obviously hacking is a terrible thing and we don't condone it. But I'm sure fascinated to find out what these uh, Russian hackers found when they successfully hacked into Burisma. Uh, are you not curious? Oh, Would you I'm... not like to know what they came up with? Again, I'm with you on this. This is not uh, the way Just to so get it. Just so wrong. I mean, look, the Russian... Stop. <laughs> Don't. I mean, look, the Russian government, is, they're not good actors. No, they're not. And no, They I, are not. You're not cheering this stuff on, uh, no. though, you know, we're not going to have a choice here. Uh, it, it, it seems apparent right. that so this stuff is going to So now that they've done it, up. let's find out what they found. I, am, I will be interested to see it. 
because you know this is going to be internal stuff and stuff mm-hmm. that uh, you know, no one would have uh, any any way of accessing. Now, my understanding is it's not entirely certain what they came up with, if anything, really. I know they were trying. They were it was trying just called scans. successful. They're phishing scams, right? Y- so yes. they got access to some email boxes, but we don't know how many. Right. We don't know of who. We don't know if there's any information whatsoever as it relates to this scam. And there may not be. But there may be. But last time there was. Yeah. You know, last time they did hack into the DNC situation, uh, and they did release thousands of emails. I'm of the belief that it really didn't have much of an effect at all on the election, however. A lot of people like to say that that DNC hack was a big deal. I mean, what did it do? Embarrass Debbie Wasserman Schultz? I mean, I, I, yeah, how can she I, not be embarrassed walking through everyday life? I remember. She's, she's always embarrassed. Yeah. I, I, I remember talking about, I thought there'd be a lot more. Yeah. I actually, and, the, you almost admired the restraint of, yeah. of, 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 of Podesta in some circumstances, I thought. You know, I mean, they mm-hmm. basically, there was the one thing where they were sort of favoring Clinton over Sanders. So which, what? First of all, was not the reason she won by four million votes, by the way, over uh, over Sanders. It was not that close of an election, first of all. And second of all, look, everyone knew the Democrats would rather have Clinton than Sanders. And they didn't want to run yeah. a socialist. Uh, you know, that was back in the day when the Democrats wanted to hide the fact that they were socialists. That's no longer the case, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> As you see, uh, Warren and Sanders are basically leading these early states. But still, this was at a point where they wanted to kind of downplay the socialism in the party. But that was about it, right? I mean, I, right. there wasn't much there. I didn't think that that really did anything. Don- this is one of the things I think you know the media likes to do which is blame it on the hack so that we can say Trump won unfairly. Well, like, Trump just won. I mean, just at some point you need to get over that. He just won. He won the election. You know, it is important for us to look at Russia and what they're doing because they want to turn elections, but they didn't successfully turn this one. This one just happened. Mm-hmm. And you just at some point you have to recognize that, don't you? Yes. At some point you, you get over you this. You would think, but they, I don't know, they never seem to. We'll see. 888-727-BECK. But it will be fascinating to keep an eye on this and uh, see if we ever get any information on the Bidens due to this hack. You're listening to Glenn Beck. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Pretty exciting. We're what? Two and a half weeks away from the uh, debut? Of, uh, I don't know, some new show uh, somebody's <laughs> doing. I don't know. What is it called? Stu Does America. Stu Does America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Featuring mm-hmm. who? I'm not sure who hosts yeah, this okay. program. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, a new show starting on The Blaze here in a couple of weeks. I think next week we're going to start with some preview content. Mm-hmm. And then February 4th, uh, day after the caucuses. Okay. I'll uh, be there for an election-related uh, show. Uh, and it's going to be an hour every night. Um, so please uh, subscribe. If you go to stewdoesamerica.com, you can get all the social things to follow. And and the good thing about this, and this is happening, I believe, with your show as well, Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, is you're going to be able to get these episodes now, not just uh, with your Blaze TV subscription, but also for free on YouTube. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. going to be really, it opens uh, the show up to a couple a whole of new great world. things. You know, we got on Sound uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, is that the one, or was it? It was. Um, uh, what's the other one? This MySpace, <laughs> a Friendster. 
<laughs> it was, was it? MySpace. It was MySpace. Yeah, we finally got on MySpace. Pat's on MySpace now. Which uh, we're really excited about. Yeah. Um, so My understanding is if you put Pat <laughs> and your top eight friends, uh, you're going to win a prize. Yeah. And it's the- illegal to share it, yeah. but um, <laughs> everybody's doing it anyway, so just go ahead. <laughs> um, it's amazing how those things have changed. I mean, oh, there's a incredible. graph I saw the other day of all the social networks and how they've risen and then, and then fallen. And the MySpace one is just sad. I mean, it peaks, it's destroying all of them and then just goes away within like two or three years. And the only thing mm-hmm. it's around now for is occasional scandals of photos that were posted on MySpace in the past. Like, for example, there was a guy who it was a, a judge mm-hmm. on some tattoo-related rela- reality show. I, don't, yeah. I, mean, I know there's a bunch of those. I don't, I, I don't know which one this was exactly, but he'd been a judge on the show for 13 years. Okay, so he's... Again, it's amazing the television age that we live in and that shows that could be popular enough to be on the air for 13 years. We have absolutely no knowledge that they exist. <laughs> but apparently this is a pretty big show. And he... Um, someone digs up his old MySpace page and finds pictures of him in blackface big scandal he he's uh, he has to resign or gets fired fascinating though to watch mm-hmm. that go down because here is a guy who um there's no evidence that he was a you know some you know, it wasn't like posts where he was praising nazi ideology or was like he, he was at 14 kkk meetings yeah he he has two pictures of himself on halloween where he's dressed up as an african-american person the same way joy behar did the exact same thing dressed up as a a Mm -hmm. used blackface Mm -hmm. uh and she's fine and on the view and there's no problems with it because she's substantially liberal enough if you're progressive enough if you like taxes to be high enough if you want abortion to be easy enough to get if you want babies to make sure that they don't really have a great chance of survival that makes it okay to wear blackface that that's okay yes it does so this guy pat is dressed up in blackface. Again, not something, uh, just safety tip. Kids at home, not a good idea in basically any circumstance, okay? <laughs> um, however, he did this, and he was dressed up as a, a, someone from the Los Angeles Lakers. Interesting, because it, it harkens back to mind specifically one Jimmy Kimmel, who dressed up as Carl Malone in blackface on national television, Right and received no repercussions whatsoever, and continues to be a uh, a liberal megastar. But he's so he's he's great with babies being killed yeah. in the womb. He's fine. He's with fine that. with that. So that makes the blackface thing, like you said, just perfectly fine. He wants perfectly taxes to fine. be sufficiently high enough. Yep. He wants health care <laughs> to be given to you by the government. So therefore, yep. blackface a okay. It's amazing. And that is the policy. And it's funny because one of the comments, you know, and it was one of these stories, and this drives me crazy. But it's like. Here's here's one the first paragraph are like the very basic details of the story and then it's this Twitter user said and then there's just like 25 comments from random people on Twitter that yeah. I guess the person writing the story found interesting <laughs> instead of writing comments <laughs> themselves they're like let's just I don't know copy and paste this on there but the first comment that they thought was so brilliant was well I'm glad this guy's learning the lesson of Justin Trudeau you don't use blackface how what the hell lesson did you- he lo- learn but he's the premier of Canada yeah. It's like, He's a prime minister. Yeah, if you use blackface, you can run countries. Is that the lesson he was supposed to learn, or is it that he's Unreal. supposed to, he can learn? You can unreal. run states, like in Virginia. 
Yeah. Which one yeah. is it? What lesson are you supposed to learn? And of course, what is fundamentally built into this, and of course the larger perspective, is you should be progressive. You should be liberal because you know what happens when you are? You get excused for all the mistakes you've made in your life. It's mm -hmm. a wonderful get-out-of-jail-free card. You'll never have to pay a price for the things you shouldn't have done because if you are sufficiently in favor of government health care, we'll exonerate you. And that is an mm. incredible free pass to life if yeah. you happen to be someone on the left. What a wonderful thing. What a great way to live, man. You never have to deal with, with the arguments of the other side. You just dismiss them as racist. And if you screwed up, if you happen to have a little Me Too violation here, or you had a little bit of a blackface incident there. Ah, we don't even talk about it. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. So I don't know what this guy's politics are, but he's ejected from society now. And people like Jimmy Kimmel will remain on television. You know, uh, people like uh, Governor Northam, people like Justin, Justin Trudeau, Trudeau, they maintain everything. Perfectly fine. The liberal left-wing uh, country of Canada goes and supports this guy and re-elects him after the scandal. Yeah. Do you think Donald Trump yeah. survives a blackface scandal in 2020? Uh, no. I'm going to go with no. No, he I'm does I'm going to go with no. That's for sure. And, you know, you'd think <laughs> in, in today's day and age, because, you know, like, for example, Sarah Silverman, who is pretty left and um, has had minor repercussions from her own blackface scandal, she did blackface huh. on television. Why? To parody and mock and demean racists. That shouldn't be looked at as the same thing as Justin Trudeau, who just thinks it's A-OK -okay and funny to go out and dress up as someone right. uh, just for the laughs. That's, that, those things should be treated differently. We've just treated them the opposite way. The repercussions have gone to the person who is against racism. And Justin Trudeau skates through okay. <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, the, it is a fascinating world to navigate, Pat, because it, you can't find the end. There's no way to know who gets cleared, who gets prosecuted, who whose life gets ruined, mm -hmm. and whose life, um, you know, gets promoted. And we, we, a lot of times it's politics, but not always. I was just looking for the quotes of Justin Trudeau about um, about the airliner being shot down in a, in Iran. Uh, just to add to the Justin Trudeau insanity, uh, he was he's essentially without actually naming Donald Trump, blames it on Donald Trump. Unreal, because of the heightened tension in Iran, the airline was shot down. Those Canadians would be alive who were on that flight today if it weren't for the escalation in tension in the Middle East. Which you know he's obviously blaming on Donald Trump. I mean, this guy is. Uh, he's going to make it increasingly difficult to work with Canada, who's you know one of uh, our biggest trade partner, one of our closest allies, and uh, and he was first of all he's pissed off that we didn't alert him to the fact that we were going to drone Qasem Soleimani, mm. and he's a little upset and and hurt about that. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, oh, that was you're nice, not exactly. That, that was nice. That <laughs> yeah. was really nice. Um, not exactly best friends with Donald Trump, so he's probably not going to get in touch with you and uh, run that past you. No, uh, no, and and then for them to be blaming uh, Donald Trump, like all the Democrats, uh, it's just despicable. It's despicable. It's despicable, and they're just—it's just not a good argument at all, right? I, yeah, it's just not a good argument. This is something the the left struggles with uh, so 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 mightily. 
the person who commits the crime is the one responsible for it. When Iran right. shoots down an airliner, Iran is responsible for it. Yes. Not the United States. Not the people who dared to get on the plane. I kept hearing, like, I can't believe Iran didn't close down airspace. Well, closing down airspace would have been a good idea, but really the problem was firing at the planes <laughs> that were in the airspace. Right. I, it right. wasn't exactly like a lot of planes came and landed during that period. They didn't have much of a problem. And this plane had taken off two minutes before it was shot down. Unbelievable. I mean, it's really. It really? A, you can't keep track of that? <laughs> Come on. If you can't keep track of it, uh, perhaps no one should be flying into your country, which, yeah. by the way, yeah. another safety tip don't fly to Iran. <laughs> That's a. <laughs> I mean, were you surprised? I was surprised that there were 63 total Canadians in Iran, let alone on one flight. Yeah, I was too. I mean, that's a lot of Canadians to be in Iran. Man, what are they doing there? Uh, has that ever been explained? Are they are they in oil over there? Because I don't think there's that. Are there 11 Americans in all of Iran? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I find that it, this is another part of this too, which, look— Plenty of people, you know, I have, uh, I have a relative who was born in Iran, came over here, married into our family, is a great dude. Like, there's plenty of people, you know, there's lots of people who've come over here from Iran that, mm -hmm. you know, who that love freedom people. and great people. Yeah. Uh, however, obviously, when you're talking about a war-torn region and an enemy of the United States, you have to have a high level of sensitivity uh, to toward uh, the population to make sure that you don't the wrong person doesn't get in. Well, think about this. 63 people were flying into Canada, a border we have completely unguarded. I mean, basically, mm -hmm. you can get over that border incredibly easily. And in on mm. one flight, 63 people were coming from Iran uh, to yeah. Canada. Yeah. You know, it's something that, you know, look, the, the, the northern border is a much more difficult border to secure with a lot less people cro uh, crossing it. And, mm -hmm. you know, resources-wise might not make sense. Though it's something that we've seen. I mean, they wanted to blow up LAX, and we caught someone coming over that uh, the Canadian border. Right. Um, and and that was uh, this is back in the Clinton years, and that was their target. This is a real threat. So it is something that that is it's a it's a little a bit of an, an interesting aside to the story. I was I would say unaware that there was that much travel going on <laughs> between Canada and Iran. <laughs> I was like I. Yeah. That's, a, that's a little bit of an eye-opener. Yeah. Uh, 888 beck is the phone number. I want to tell you to uh, subscribe to uh, the YouTube page uh, associated with Stu Does America. It's my new show starting in uh, – we're going to start some stuff next week, and then it real launches on February 4th. If you go to stewdoesamerica.com, you'll have all the links there, including the YouTube link. Please go and subscribe. Subscribe if you are listening to this podcast. You can, anywhere you are on your podcast, you can find Stu Does America as well. As Pat Gray Unleashed, make sure you get to that YouTube page as well. Sign up and uh, do it for America. Because you know who doesn't want you to sign up and to our YouTube pages? Suleimani. It's yeah. one of the last things he said. Right. He said, I don't care if I live or die. Do not subscribe to Pat Gray Unleashed and Stu Does America on YouTube. Yeah, Ayatollah said the same thing. Yeah. Same I, exact was, yeah, thing. I, and that's, look, I, mm -hmm. if you like the Ayatollah, if you're a huge fan of Suleimani, don't <laughs> subscribe. But if you happen to, to care about America, and, and this, maybe you don't want uh, people murdered around the globe. Then you'll sign up for both of these. Right. And, that, and, and, and your value will be judged on whether you do that. Exactly right. That's the Stu Does America okay. and Pat Gray Unleashed <laughs> guarantee. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Uh Please say a prayer for uh, Glenn's daughter, Mary, today, who's going in for um, some surgery, some brain surgery today. Mm -hmm. uh, really uh, a 
a big day for her and for the Beck family. And so if you could keep them in your thoughts and prayers, that'd be great. And of course, that's why Glenn is uh, not in today, although mm-hmm. we do expect him back tomorrow. Uh, this was something that they had planned for a very long time and is a, mm-hmm. is a big deal. And, you know, hopefully it has some really positive uh, uh, a uh, positive outcome for Mary. Yeah. And so, yeah some some yeah. positive effects for her life. And we're really we're excited about the other side of it. But of course, it's a it's a tough day and, a, and mm-hmm. makes everybody nervous. So uh, your prayers would definitely be uh, help uh, helpful there. Also, uh, Jeffy went to the emergency room last night because he had some stomach trouble for the last few days, and it just got worse last night. Mm-hmm. So Amber, his wife, took him to the hospital. They admitted him because he's got an inflamed gallbladder, uh, pancreatitis, <laughs> and elevated liver enzymes. Uh, whatever that means, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so he's seeing a GI doctor, upper, you know, the rep, the GI area, which is the. Uh, like your intestines, I think, right? Your intestines and your stomach. And mm-hmm. anyway, he's that's what he's got going on. So if you could keep him in your prayers today as well, that'd be great. Um, uh, what a surprise that he wouldn't be completely healthy. <laughs> it's, I was stunned. You know, yeah, I was is, legitimately uh, stunned. He looks too. like the picture of health, right? You know, it's like a Jack Lalane <laughs> in the day type of situation. That's Jeffy. And yes. then, you know, here you yes. go. But they did. But she made a point to say this is not a heart event. His heart is fine, so that's a good thing. It's, it's not a repeat of last year, which is wow. It's been almost exactly a year, yeah. right, since the last time he was in the hospital. And you got to think, you know, if it, if it's once a year, uh, serious health issues for Jeffy, it's pretty good for him. I've kind of, <laughs> right. I kind of feel like it would be more, <laughs> more often. That is one way to look at it. I, I love the guy yeah. as much as we we hammer <clears throat> him, yes. and it, it is. Yes. I get scary when you get to this age. My wife's totally freaked out by this. Mm-hmm. It seems like everybody around us is either sick or dying. <laughs> and that happens. I guess you just like as you get older, everyone you've known your entire life starts hitting these ages where you they have massive issues. Yes. Um, and just a, this is kind of just a reminder that life sucks <laughs> entirely. I mean, it's just a constant series of disappointments. It's uh, so, a good way to look at it. And, and you'll hear yeah. more of them tonight uh, on the Democratic debate. Constant oh, series true. of disappointments uh, in very, every very single true. chair. <laughs> You're listening to Glenn Beck.